deep in the backwoods of America. We have climbed the highest mountains, searched the densest forest, dragged the swamps, and scoured the prairies to find our leader, retired U.S. Marine gunny, Bud Cornwell. Welcome back, Patriots. This is the Gunny, and you're on the Patriot Cause. Very special guest. The reason I say that is he is a Patriot. He is trying very hard, like the rest of us, to save our country. I was introduced to him by Steve Stern, uh, you know, the U.S. flag guy. And I'm so thankful that I was. I spent some time on his website. So let me tell you just a little bit about Robert. Robert West is the author of what is called the Five Star Plan. Never seen anything like it. And I think it's awesome. It's, it's part of us coming together as patriots to figure out what in God's name that we need to do. And this is what he's saying. Replacing politicians with patriots. Uh, duh. I mean, that's how simple this is. That's how we save our country. To eliminate these people that are detrimental to the values of America. And put these people in office, local, state, federal, to support the Constitution of the United States, which is where we're at. It's a practical solution for America. And I believe that. But we got to get him off the couch. Right, Robert? Got to get him off the couch. He was born Absolutely. in Corpus Christi, Texas. Growing up in the South and East Texas, my whole life I was in the South, Louisiana, and until I joined the Marine Corps, that took me out of the South and put me in different environments, East Coast, West Coast, overseas, you know, combat, all that stuff. I, I didn't realize that our country was falling. But he recognized that. After six years in the Navy, thank you, sir, for your service, he has been working around the world in aircraft electronics and land development right here in America. So thank you so much, Robert, for being on the Patriot Cause. Absolutely wonderful to have you here. It's a pleasure so, to be here. Yes, sir. So here's my question. What caused you, what inside of you decided that you have to create this five-star plan uh, to save our country? I mean, it's that simple, right? Right. Uh, I was coming home from work and and I heard on the radio that the shutdowns went into effect in Texas. Now, we didn't get we didn't get invaded and conquered by a socialist nation. 
So the idea that our churches were shut down, our private business, the control of those private businesses were seized, uh, public gatherings were outlawed, the courts were shut down for all, all but shut down. Um, all of these things are violations, not only of the Texas Constitution, which my governor swore to uphold and protect and instead violated, but it's, you know, a lot of those things are the U.S. Constitution, which we both put our lives on the line to protect and serve. And and on the way home, it, it just hit me. You know, I've I've paid my taxes. I vote. I've, I did my time in the service. It's that wasn't enough. So what could I do? I mean, I trade dollars for hours. You know, I who am I? And I figured the only thing I could do is I could write this down. Because people kept asking me, well, what can I do as a citizen? What can I do as a, a, a county judge? What can I do as a county commissioner? These were elected officials asking me, what can I do? So I, I wrote a book and basically told people what they could do. And it's a lot. Um, someone pointed out the other day, one of the fears about time travel is if you went back in time and you changed one little thing, You'd mess everything up. You know, you'd have this huge catastrophic effect. Why is it that people right now don't do one little thing with the idea that it would make a huge difference? So that's what I started doing. And I said, if I was the only person in Texas fighting this, then I was going to do the best job I knew how to do. Unfortunately, well, the, I'm not the, the only Yeah. The thing about it, Robert, is the other side does that. The yes. other side is. This little bitty people, this, you know, crazy psychological uh, world of, of people that, in, in my mind, is being controlled by really simple socialism, communism, you know, they have this utopia idea. So they're doing, and successfully, I may say, this process. And, okay, that's good news. That means that we can do the same thing. That's mm -hmm. the problem. We are not standing up because uh, the majority of us just want to live out our lives and not be involved in all that stuff. So uh, this is a great step along with other steps that uh, are necessary uh, to save our country. Yes, and, and, and getting regular people seated and involved in offices and in politics, that has been the goal. And, and when I started, uh, the very basis of this whole country, how this country started was committees of correspondence and committees of safety. And the precinct chair positions are the direct descendants of those positions. They existed before Congress. They existed before right. the Senate, before the president. And, and without them, we wouldn't be here. But but about half of those seats were empty in Texas. And some states were completely devoid of precinct chairs altogether. So we went out and we started, I, I, I started with the big guys, you know, I contacted the governor's office and he, he you know, no response, not, not surprising. I started contacting uh, state representatives and they just lied about what their powers were because I knew what they could do. They could have stopped it the first day. Um, and I just kept going down the line. I, I talked to county judges. They were going along with it because they were trying to protect their jobs. And I got to some county commissioners 
And they said, well, when the mandates happened, the, the county judge got all the power. We didn't get any. What can we do? And I said, well, you guys fix the um, salaries in your counties and you fix you fix roads. Why don't you lower your salary to your out of control judge to a dollar a year and see how long those lockdowns last? Well, in this county's case, the answer was two weeks. This guy didn't have another kind of income. So when he got a paycheck for a dollar, the shutdown stopped. And and that's how easy it is. And so the state reps that didn't listen, we, we filled a bunch of precinct chair positions. There were six counties over in East Texas. They had a state rep. He had no opponent in the primary. He had no opponent in general. He had half a million dollars in his account. He had all of Austin behind him. Arguably, he was about the fifth most powerful political figure in Texas because of the committees he was part of. And when three counties, the precinct chairs got together and they voted to censure him, which is just calling foul on your own player, three counties did it. The other three counties were lined up to do it. This guy had already announced that he was running for reelection 30 days before. All of a sudden, he decided. I know not only I'm not running for re-election, I'm resigning today because by resigning, it, it short-circuited that whole censure thing. So that's what he did. He we we got rid of a bad politician. We didn't even have to wait for the election. And that's how important it was. And so right now, down in South Texas, we have 21 counties who passed a censure against Tony Gonzalez, who voted for red flag laws who was against the wall, who's just a rhino. And he's sitting at 50% right now. He's got two or three really good opponents running against him. He's probably done because of censure. So this needs to spread. And uh, we were getting real close to uh, getting that 100% mark on these precinct chair positions in two years. And then we had a census and they added another 3,500 chairs to Texas. So start over again and get some more done. But we've we've seated uh, pretty close or a little bit over fifteen hundred chairs now. Well, that's good. I mean, uh, you know, the people's got to stand up. Yes. The, the, here's the thing: a, a lot of us in America are relying on some type of leadership. Unfortunately, the the majority of the leadership is in within a state house, state senate, national, etc. And you know, people vote based upon you know the information that they're fed by these candidates. And uh a candidate in in days gone by when they said I'm going to do xyz they would get elected, and four years later, two years or six years later in the state Senate or whatever, they were gone. But the issue is there's so much power and so much money in both of these, uh, what you'd call a Democrat or a uh, party, political party. And because of that, the voice of the people is being uh, squashed based upon uh, the parties. But there's a fix to that. 
And what that fix is, is if we have enough of the actual citizens standing up and understanding the political environment in our states and in our federal government, then they will have the ability to make a reasonable choice or understanding. Now, I know this, you know, political guy goes up and lies or whatever. But what I do know is this. If, let's say, I'm Billy Bob and I'm in District X in Texas, for example, and I'm going to run for an office. If you don't knock on doors, if you don't meet person to person, then when you get elected, you're not representing the people. What you're representing is the political forces uh, of that area. So what you're doing is you're getting more people to understand how this process works and how you can correct it, how we can actually vote for a person that we know, it, it, you know, it's hard to understand uh, this concept for a lot of people. You can actually know who you're voting for. If somebody runs for an election, doesn't matter whether it's a, a, a judge, a constable, a city council, whatever. Guess what you have the ability to do? And they want you to do this. You can call them, you can email them, you can talk to them and 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 get some type of response. But the majority of the people are, you know, in that tunnel vision of if the GOP or if the uh, Democrats, you know, validate or support, then they got to, you know, use their sheet environment to go there. And that's what we're dealing with. I'm not saying that you cannot be in one of those two political parties. Absolutely you could. But you have to look at the person. Is that person actually involved in the values of that political party? Well, they the, the two political parties and the people in office First of all, there are no political parties once you get to D.C. and a lot of state houses. They work together to keep us divided. They're, we're like ants in a jar. you got a right hand and right. a left hand, and, and they're just shaking that jar to keep us fighting each other. And when we fight each other, we'll put up with a horrible candidate if it can beat the other side. The Democrats will vote for a bad candidate to beat the Republicans. The Republicans will put up with a bad candidate to beat the Democrats. And whoever wins, we all lose. But more and more, Neither political party is listening to their base. Uh, in Texas, 67.5% of Democrats and over 80% of Republicans want to get rid of taxpayer-funded lobbying. 254 counties in Texas. Not a single county has gotten rid of taxpayer-funded lobbying. They're bribed. These, these, these lobbying companies provide them with things. They don't need those, those lobbyists. And they don't need to be giving them my money 
to lobby to raise my taxes higher so they can give more money to those lobbyists next time around. And as voters, we all agree on that. We all want safer streets. If you're in Texas, doesn't matter what party you're in, you want closed borders. And neither party is doing anything about it. Not really. They're making a career out of almost succeeding. Give me more money. Give me more support. I'll get it done next time. Well, maybe next time. Well, maybe next time. Well, if most of us. It, yeah. Most of us is that most of us, like me, this is the first time I'm hearing what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. The reason I say that is, number one, lobbying is should be completely illegal. In the well, I mean, it, it's 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 one of our rights to ask our you know government to do things for us. No, so no, no, no. I'm yeah. talking about money lobbying. I'm talking about corporates and so forth. I well, mean, let me explain. Let, let me this. give you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you where lobbying came from. Back in the day, if you were a farmer, and we're talking horse and buggy days, if you yes. were a farmer and you wanted to pass a law, well, DC is so far away, so you'd pool your money, you'd find the guy with the silver tongue in town and you go, hey, here's the money. We want you to go to D.C. and explain how stupid this law is and how it's hurting us farmers. So he'd go up to D.C. Well, you just couldn't walk into the Capitol. But all those all those legislators had to stay someplace. They stayed in a hotel. So what these people did is they'd go to that hotel and they'd hang out where? In the lobby. And they'd wait for the senators and congressmen to come by and they right. say, hey, everybody in Iowa, everybody in Texas wants this done. And that's how they got to be called lobbyists. The NRA have has lobbyists. I have nothing against lobbyists. Yeah. But we we as people allowed the government to get so big and so powerful that our politicians have something to sell. Before, in the old days, they didn't have anything to sell. You could give them piles of money. They didn't interfere with anybody's business. They didn't pick winners and losers. We allowed that to happen. So the the other thing that happened is yeah, everybody knows about inflation nowadays, right? Dollar doesn't get you what it used to. Well, our vote has become far less important, too, because it used to be a congressman represented 30,000 people. You can talk to 30,000 people in a couple of years. But now congressmen represent way over half a million, 600, 700,000 people. We've got two House of Lords. The only way they get elected is a ton of money. The beautiful thing about the precinct chair position is that every census, we just create more of them. So the same number of votes you needed 150 years ago, you need today to get elected precinct chair. And th that is in your neighborhood. You represent about 1,800 people. That's not even a trick to talk to 1,800 people in a couple of years. So we need to influence people to fill these chairs, to use those chair positions, all the power that they have. And that way we bring the power of the government back closer to the people where it's intended to be. Uh, the only way to fix Congress so that we, you know, had 30,000 representatives, you know, each one of them, You'd have to have 11,000 congressmen. That's that's just ridiculous. That's not going to happen. But we can shift some of that power to our local precinct chairs, our county precinct chairs. We decide politics or not. Can't remove them from office, but we can remove them from politics. No, absolutely. And I believe in the vote. I don't believe in, you know, lobbyist money. Let me uh, explain what I'm talking about is you know, when they get into D.C. or even into in states, they connect 
with these powerful people that have money and they're able to uh, pass laws or whatever associated with a lobbyist. You know, I'm a member of NRA and I don't think that the NRA should be able to spend a dollar, not one dollar in lobbying the, uh, the, the Congress. The voice. N not the money, the voice, the, the numbers of people that are standing up. But the issue is that we're dealing with and not saying that we cannot correct this because what you're doing can correct it. But the, the, the issue is, is once these people become in power, instead of listening to us, instead of doing what should be done with our constituents that voted for us, they're leaning and, and con constantly leaning towards this, you know, uh, money-driven uh, aspect of it, of, of politics. Mm -hmm. And uh, even if you go back to the beginning of the country, you know, lobbyists were, were not allowed to distribute any kind of funds to Congress. It wasn't until the late 1800s, early 1900s, where they were able to use, you know, tax uh, evasion, whatever it is, to provide, you know, I get it, $1,000 here, $25,000 there. I understand that part of it. But what has happened is now you have kickbacks that are coming in through the Defense Department, and what I mean, not the government, but the uh, the contractors of defense, which I was part of for years. And mm -hmm. this is the issue. The issue is, is we have got to bring up an army of of people in the United States that these politicians can understand. You got. To, to stop listening to these organizations and start listening it, it is, to the people yeah, that are elected. Very hard, it's going to be very hard to convince them of that. This is primarily the reason why. Here in Texas, I had somebody, we have a lot of people moving to Texas. I guess we're gaining about 100,000 residents a day for oh, the yeah. last three yep. years or so. But uh, a lady came in and she goes, I want to be involved in Texas politics. I'm a brand new citizen. I'm thinking I'll start small, like a senatorial state Senate campaign. And I said, well, lady, I got bad news for you because she comes from one of the East Coast small states. Right. I said uh, a state senator in Texas has one point one million constituents, yeah. more than a congressman. And she goes, oh, my goodness. No, maybe state rep. And I said, yeah, I'm working with a state rep. Their district's 550 miles wide out in West Texas, and they got about 200,000 people they, they represent. And her eyes bugged out again. I said, maybe you want to go to a county level. Uh, let's pick a, a decent-sized county, and, and maybe we'll break it in there. And she was changed at the size and the numbers. But when you represent over a million people, trying to get enough people on the same page to influence you, vice writing a check and influencing you, it's very difficult. So we have to elect good people that have the integrity not to sell out. And then we have to 
get the government down to the size where it used to be, where they didn't have the power to sell anything. Right. These people would so, be bribing them if they didn't have something to provide. Absolutely. So, uh, Robert, we're going to take a break. When we get right back, what I want to spend the rest of the podcast is on your website, how people get involved. Uh, what is your goal? What is the organizational's goal? And the message to the listeners on how they can have an impact. They can actually do something to save our country. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Grandpa was an Eagle Scout, a 33rd degree Mason, and he fought in the Second World War. Was a deacon down at the Baptist Church since 1964. Bought clothes for the homeless, toys for the orphans, on top of giving his tithe. Voted religiously, straight GOP, never missed an election in his life. By surprise When we heard on the news last night Grandpa voted Democrat And our family ain't proud of that Yeah, we thought it was a joke When the big news broke But the show enough counted his vote And now we're wondering how he cast it From inside his casket This show seems funny to me how they got his absentee Grandpa voted Democrat Now he'll never rest in peace well, From the way it sounds They had a good turnout Down at the Mount Olive Graveyard Over 90% of the residents Crossed over with their voter card it's all over the news and now they're arguing who's caught up in the voter fraud And how a good man's name could be smeared this way while he's six feet under the sod It sure took us by surprise, he's been dead since 95 Grandpa voted Democrat, and our family ain't proud of that yeah, we thought it was a joke when the big news broke But the show enough counted his vote Now we're wondering how he cast it From down inside his casket It sure seems funny to me How they got his absentee Grandpa voted Democrat Now he'll never rest in peace This is one November I don't want to remember Grandpa voted Democrat Now he'll never rest in peace Welcome back, Patriots. I have Terry West. I'm sorry, Robert Robert West <laughs> on the podcast. Let me start that over. Okay. Welcome back, Patriots. Welcome back, Patriots. I have Robert West 
on the podcast. He is the author of the Five Star Plan. First time I've seen it was last week. And I'm like, this is how it's done. This is how American citizens that have had enough, like the rest of us, can do something. Get off the couch. Stop eating the bonbons and watching CNN. As long as you continue to do that, nothing's going to change and it's going to get much, much worse. But if you get off the couch and get involved in your local, state, and federal process, then we can change and bring this country back to what it used to be. Welcome back, Robert. Glad to have you. Good to be here. Yeah, you were talking about how to get involved. And, and the easiest way to get involved is regardless of what political party you, you're part of, the Democrats and Republicans both have precinct chair positions open. Both parties are discouraging people from sitting in those chairs because they like that power. They don't want regular people involved. And precinct chair positions are a part-time deal. You meet maybe once a month. You don't get paid. Nobody knows who you are. And most people don't run for the position. That's why about half of them across the country sat empty not too long ago. But they are extremely powerful and important in our system. And regular people can win those elections with a little shoe leather and a box of cards. And when I wrote my book, The Five-Star Plan, here's the cover. Um, we wanted to set up something simple enough that somebody that wasn't involved could understand it, but enough somebody years would find it interesting and maybe informative. And I kind of hit that mark because on the same day, I had an attorney call me who'd been involved for 40 years in the, in, in the Republican Party telling me, I've read it three times and every time I get something he called and she wanted to keep her right. I'm using it to teach my 14-year-old civics. So, yeah, I think I got between the buoys there. And we've literally thousands of people have come forward, filled seats in Texas, uh, become involved. We've got a lady named Mary down in Houston, and she started a thing called and they filled a Robert, can you still hear me? We lost you. Hello, Robert. Robert? Okay, I see you. Okay, we uh, had a little hiccup there. 
Okay, we're back. All right, start start back. <laughs> Go back to the after <laughs> the break and you know your website and so forth. Okay. So the website is the five star plan, all spelled out dot com. Um, we have gotten literally thousands of people. We we tried doing podcasts for a while and I got a face meant to be behind a typewriter, not a camera. So um, we went back to writing articles and it was weird. I do a podcast and we get a few hundred hits, but I do an article and we'd get twice as many. So we got we went back to doing that. It was a lot quicker and easier. So hats off for doing a podcast. But we have gotten so many people involved at all levels. Um, I sent my book out to um, a state senator named Bob Hall. He's the most conservative state senator Texas has ever had. And I mean, he's always working. And not only did he agree to do a review, he wound up writing a forward for the book, which was kind of cool. Awesome. Uh, Shelly Luther, Luther, you might remember her. She got arrested for opening up her hair salon. Yeah. In the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And and she provided a review for the book. And we've spoken together on several different occasions, shared a mic at events. So I've been running all over Texas, spreading the good word, you know, and, and doing the altar calls that, hey, you got to get involved. And some of these places, you know, they were like, oh, we can't find precinct chairs. We can't find precinct chairs. I went to their monthly m- meeting, did a speech, asked for precinct chairs, and we filled five chairs that night. It's like it never occurred to you to ask at your meeting. Another guy couldn't find chairs. Hey, oh, I've been looking for chairs for 10 years. I can't find any volunteers. And me and my wife went to a gun show and and filled all of his precinct chairs in two days. And we were three counties over from his county. So people don't know about these positions. They haven't been asked by the party to fill them. Everybody's been asked for a vote. Everybody's been asked for money. But nobody's been asked to take a chair and have a voice. And that's what we're asking people to do. Stop throwing shoes at the TV, get off the couch, get in the game. And it doesn't take that much. And and they have to listen because if you censure them out of politics, they, they don't like changing careers. Yep. And the thing about uh, a precinct chair. So for those of you that don't know what that is, this is a leader of uh, GOP. Uh, community or uh, county district, per se? Well, it's a, each voting precinct in the United States should have two precinct chairs, one for the Democrats and one for Republicans. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So the, so the point I'm saying is, is when somebody comes into that chair, they need to be leaders. They don't need to be the politicians or want to be politicians. What I mean by that is the people in the audience, the people that are part of doing the legwork, you know, to support whatever political uh, environment there is, that person needs to be part of that process. They can't just sit in a chair and give orders and speak all this stuff. They they need to be leaders, just like when I was in, in the Marine Corps as a gunny, you know. I was there with my Marines. I was right there with them with anything that we did. I didn't just say it or telling what we're doing. I was there to support them, to be part of that. And that's important. If you have a precinct chair that is elected, 
then they have a responsibility to lead, not just sitting in a chair at a meeting every month. And uh, this is, uh, you know, part of this process that needs to be changed. And the reason I say that is when I was in Arkansas, uh, this is what I seen. I seen these chair members, and the only time I seen them or them were at the meeting. We didn't see them at any events or whatever. So we just need to make sure that if you're going to be a precinct chair, which you should, and I agree with that, but think about it. You're going into a leadership position and you must work together with the people that you're leading and, and not sit on a platform. Absolutely. Uh, our country was set up for us to be the kings and queens and for us to hire public servants to run that little thing called government. And, right. and too many people on both sides of that equation have forgotten what that is. I'm the public. You're the servant. Act like it. Yes. Why do they have the reserve chairs? Why do they get the limos? Why do they get the fancy meals while we're out breaking our backs, right? They're lousy servants anyway because they don't give us what we order. And they do what they want to do. And we've got people on both sides doing insider trading. Democrats and Republicans are doing this. But when a Democrat gets caught at it, Republicans all boo, and the Democrats are all quiet, and then Republican will do it. Democrats all boo and Republicans are all quiet. We need to get rid of both of those people. So we do need to reach out and find agreement with the other side. Safe streets, closed borders, uh, no, no taxpayer funded lobbying. Those kind of things we can agree across the aisle with the voters. And, and when I, I tell everybody, I end every speech like this. If you go to a grocery store and somebody opens a door for you because they're being nice, that doesn't mean they're part of your political party, <laughs> right? They don't ask. Yeah. Or the person that says, you know what? I've got a whole cart full. You only got a couple of items. Go ahead and go in front of me. That could be a Democrat. That could be a Republican. We really don't care as a nation. And that's the country that was worth me putting my life on the line. And it's worth what we both do to yeah. try to get back to that. This whole divide thing, they're just trying to divide us, the people in power, so that they can stay in power. Yep. So Absolutely. if we ever figure that out, those ants in that jar outnumber them a billion to one. It, it doesn't look good. Well, the, so the, the solution for. is we have uh, real character people that get elected. Yes. Give you a great example. Tommy Tuberfield, senator from Alabama. He was on my podcast last week. This man is awesome. He was a coach in the college league with the University of uh, Auburn. And I'm so proud of him doing what he's doing to support the military and this wokeness, this DEI stuff, all of that. This is what we need. But see, he's one person up there. They, I'm telling you, there's probably maybe 10 maximum in our Senate and House today that are like him, even close to what he is. So we need to build this new army to bring them up, to, to, to elect real character people that are not going to fall in to that uh, 
that massive swamp. Instead, defend us, defend the country, defend the Constitution like we did uh, as patriots in the U.S. military. If you don't believe in the Constitution, there is no way you should ever get elected. I don't care what side you're on. It doesn't matter. I I, I go further than that. Yeah, if you don't believe in God, you can't believe in our system of government. Oh, absolutely. It's all based on God-given rights. And these people that go, oh, I believe in the Constitution. I just don't believe in God. It's like, well, then who gave us the rights? If it wasn't God, if it was just people, people could take them back. (laughs) So I go further than that. But it's and and I had a preacher not too long ago say Romans 13, you know, you got to trust the people God put in charge and in power. And I said, well, in this country, God put us in charge and in power and we hire servants to take care of government. And what's that book say about kings that let their servants do evil? Yeah, we're the kings and queens. Those are the servants. We got to take care of those. And it changed his his mindset a little bit. It's like get them to read it every once in a while. I know what it says. So it's it it is incumbent on all of us. We are the cavalry. We can. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we could get everybody we wanted in office from the top to the bottom. That doesn't fix anything if we don't step up and start voting for character over people. I, t- I tell people all the time. These clowns, most of these clowns in these political parties would rather vote for Dr. Evil than Forrest Gump because Dr. Evil's got the education and the vocabulary and his hair is nice and he dresses the part. They just overlooked that one little flaw. He's evil. <laughs> and, and, and Forrest Gump, bless his heart, all he's got going for him is he'd look at a law and go, I don't think I ought to vote for this. Okay, good. I'll take him. <laughs> We need to get rid of the political class completely. No more career politicians. Best president we've had in a long time never served in office before he got elected. Worst president we probably ever had was sworn into public office when I was six. That's too long. Okay. Anybody left that long a rot? Yeah. Think about this. This is what I would like to see in in the capital of America, the Capitol building. I'm talking about. You walk in there, and there's a gigantic, huge display of Christ telling us you can serve one or the other. Mm-hmm. You can serve God, or you can serve money. Um, that's really how simple it is, right, Robert? I mean, yes. The reason we're in this situation is because our country has left God. We have left the the idea and the truth of the Bible that we are rotten to the core. And the only way that we can be even semi-respectable to the God that created us is by doing what he tells us to do. So it doesn't matter. You can be a truck driver for UPS. It it doesn't matter what your job is. Your choice is this. I'm doing it for money or I'm doing it for the glory of God. He has given me this talent, in this case, a a politician. I'm going to use that talent to glorify God, or I'm going to use that talent to glorify money 
and make me richer. That's really how simple this is. Mm -hmm. Correct? Correct. So, so uh, we as Americans, uh, you know, we got to get involved in this money world, in this, you know, this people of corruption and, and remove them, take them out of power or we don't even have a chance or a prayer for this country. Well, so many people I talk to, they don't want to run for office because politician is, you know, it's so slimy and it's so dirty and I don't want anything to do with it. It might rub off on me. And it's like, hey, you're a very wise person. If you stay there long enough, it will rub off on you. But B, if good people don't get involved, it only leaves one kind of people to run things. And that's where we're at. Right. I have talked to literally thousands of people across the state of Texas. And, and a lot of times I'll, I'll be talking to somebody. I'll say at this point in D.C. and in Austin, we would be re better represented with a lottery system than the people we have there now. And I have <laughs> never had anybody argue with that. Uh, I, I, I told one guy, I said he, he was going, well, you need experience. And I'm like, Trump did great. He didn't have any experience. Bob Hall did great. He didn't have any experience. I said, I'll tell you one thing. The next time they go to raise the debt ceiling, if we had a plumber go to Congress and look at that backup, the last thing he would recommend was raising the ceiling. You got to unplug the thing. You got to unclog it. OK, how tall your ceiling is, is beside the point. We spend 10 times as much money as China on defense. We don't need to. We're spending so much money that we won't have anything left to defend if we're not careful. You and I both saw mountains of money wasted when we were in the military. Yeah. And we we both saw times when we didn't have toilet paper and bullets. Yep. You could cut the defense budget by half, take a chunk of that, buy more bullets and toilet paper, put the rest on the national debt, our military would be stronger. And, and it's almost, uh, you know, sacrilegious to say cut the military budget, but we've got to cut something. We are spending too much money. We're broke. And, and debt is like crack cocaine to politicians. There's never enough until there's too much. And when there's too much, it's too late. Too late. Absolutely. So we've got to get regular common sense people involved. And we got to keep them involved and we can't leave them there. We can, you can pick the best person, you know, but if you leave them there too long, they will rot. They'll get used to how things are done. Okay. So Robert, I'm going to put your links uh, on the show notes, but tell the audience, where can they reach you? How well, do they count you? I mean, they go to the website, but you know, what are you go to, you go to the website, the five star plan.com. Uh, you can contact me there. All my contact information is there. You can email me at robert at the five star plan dot com or you can just go to Amazon and pick up the book. And I've got another book. I got a lot of people involved and they started telling me all these problems are so complicated. And I'm like, no, they're not. So I wrote this one. It's Practical Solutions for America. Okay. And what it is is just a dozen or so problems. My first blush take on how to fix them, who you'd have to contact with your solution. And none of it's complicated. The problem is the government's not fixing problems. They're causing all of our problems. They caused our border crisis. They caused our inflation. 
I'm paying tax money to make my life worse. That's not how it's supposed to work. So these people have to be involved and they have to stop being so humble. They have to realize yeah. they're in charge and God put them there and they're called to stand. Not until Christ is almost here. He's at the next stop. You know, the people that just Absolutely. throw up their yeah. hands and go, oh, it's the end times. I don't have to do anything. That is not the instructions you were given. You're to stand against evil till he shows up, not till he's almost Absolutely. here. So that's one thing that we have to do. We do have to people. People need faith in their government and in institutions, in their God, in their country. And we have to install that faith. So it, it all works together. So social media, are you on I, social I'm not media? A big social media guy. I'm not a big social media guy. I'm sure I have a Twitter account, a Facebook account, and my wife handles that stuff. Okay. But uh, if they contact me, I will get in touch with them personally. Awesome. And if they're willing to do through something, the web, I'm willing to contact through the website, to right? Contact yes. through the website? Okay. Yes. Good. Well, Robert, it's a pleasure. Uh, I'm always ecstatic when I have the opportunity to uh, bring great patriots and doing something that, you know, you're not sitting on the couch eating bonbons. And this is what we have to do. And hopefully through all these different podcasts and media, we can't rely on Fox News and CNN. We can't. But this is the new media. I guarantee you, this, this is the new way of Americans to stand up and crush, which we're doing very good at, crushing these major media companies. People are tired of it, and they're listening to us. So thank you so much for joining the show, and I'd love to have you back sometime later. And see anytime how your, you, anytime your second, you want, I'll be here. Your second book is going, and any uh, updates and what's going on in your life. Thank you so much for coming. Look forward to it next time. Talk to you later. Yes, sir. Take care of yourself. Wish the buck was still silver And it was back when the country was strong Back before Elvis, before the Vietnam War came along Before the Beatles and yesterday when a man could still work and still would It's the best of the free life behind us now The good time's really over for good I wish Coke was still cola And a joint was a bad place to be It was back before Nixon lied to us all on TV. 
Before microwave ovens, when a girl could still cook and still wood. It's the best of free life behind us now. The good time's really over for good. I'll be rolling downhill like a snowball headed for hell With no kind of chance for the flag or the liberty bell I wish a Ford and a Chevy would still last ten years like they should Best of the free life behind us now The good time's really over for good Stop rolling downhill like a snowball headed for hell Thank you, Will. Stand up for the flag and let's all ring the liberty bell Let's make a Ford and a ship that would still last ten years like the should. Cause the best of the free life is still yet to come. The good times ain't over for good.